who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the stand together a pop culture academic symposium yep you know we're the pop culture professors <laughs> you know that's right i'm lauren brickman i'm caitlin bits guy and we're talking dumb topics with smart people that's what yep. we're talking about today correct correct and every mm-hmm. day so <laughs> we have master's degrees we've taught at the college level none of our taste levels really reflect that and that's mm-hmm, the show mm-hmm. um we're talking about stuff we stand lauren what are you standing this week well, Caitlin, um, as anyone who is following me on social media knows, I've, I was on bed rest for most of this week, recovering from an ankle surgery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what I discovered? It's really hard when you're in pain and tired to follow the plot of things. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was having a very hard time watching uh, scripted television this week. So this okay. week, I'm coming in hot. I'm loving reality TV. And... I surprised myself by watching something I didn't think was for me. I didn't think it was for me. I skipped season one and I went straight into season two of The Circle. And I am so here for The Circle. Okay. Now explain what The Circle is to me. (sighs) Caitlin, friends of the show that are in the We Stand book club, there's a group chat that's been going on. And the group chat that we are in is the circle because the group okay. because the circle is just like a group text <laughs> like okay. it's a televised group text where you're trying to be the most popular person <laughs> wow but it's fun okay. and some people are being themselves and some people are being catfishes 
<gasps> and the artistry in the catfishing is something to, it is really stunning. And no one is allowed to have the internet. No one's allowed to have, you're not, you're like, you are isolated and you are quarantined and you, and it's, it sounded so stupid. It sounds so stupid, but I am so invested hmm. and I have strong feelings about all of the players. I Does, does one win the circle? What is there's the a way to win. Yes, there's money on the line. So basically you want to be the most popular person in the circle. You want to win the circle. Wow. It's a popularity contest. Amazing. Yeah, it's so, so stupid. They like have weird, dumb challenges, but they've had so many weird twists and turns and it, it's psychotic it's absolutely psychotic um whoever designs the set i want them to come decorate my apartment because visually the rooms are very fun to look at all right uh so uh-huh. i'm i'm standing hard for the circle and i have to thank a friend of the show who's been on the pod before uh chris burns also known as fat carrie bradshaw uh because he he texted me some thoughts about the show that i had not previously really been interested in but he hooked me he wow. hooked me with his hot takes and now i'm all in and i will dedicate my life to the show all right that's a friend that's yeah a friend. yeah what about you caitlin what are you standing this week you know we recently lost someone that I never thought about it, but I was really a big fan and a stan of Jim Steinman, who was a writer and producer. He wrote Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell albums. What? He wrote Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. He wrote <gasps> Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Oh, my God. So if you heard a song on 90s radio that was gothic, theatrical, a little too much, and something a middle schooler could parade around her room mm-hmm. and feel the weight of her life, he wrote that song almost certainly. And oh uh, he's awesome. And he, he passed away. Look into his discography. He's uh, He's got a unique voice. You'll know a Steinman when you hear one. Wow. I had no idea that he was the man behind so many things that I loved. He made me who I am. And I didn't yeah. even know his name. Correct. Correct. He he is in, in a lot of way a father figure to all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. He worked with Air Supply, Ban- Barry Manilow, Barbara Streisand, Cher. I mean... The guy was an icon. If he had done nothing besides it's all coming back to me, that would have been more than anyone deserved. That song, when I tell you that that song and that music video shaped me and put me on a path, I am I am I'm not I'm not being um, I'm not being overdramatic when I say that. Like that was a pivotal moment in my life. And I remember distinctly leaning over the seat in my parents car when it Mm -hmm. would come over the radio, explaining to my parents what the song was about. Right. And he apparently got in a fight with Meatloaf over that song <gasps> because Meatloaf heard it and was like, I got to sing it. And he's like, no, I'm going to make this one a female. <gasps> and he knew and he was willing to get in an argument with Meatloaf, his collaborator, about this. And he was right. He was correct. He was like, no, this is for Celine. The thing is, Jim made the right call giving it to Celine. But if you're Meatloaf, you have to fight for that song. <gasps> Absolutely. There was like, no one was in the wrong. No yeah, one was in the wrong. You have to. You can't not fight. You can't not hear that song and be like, oh, this is for someone else. No, you hear that song and you take a bite out of it and try to make it yours. Yeah, absolutely. Now I need to hear Meatloaf's cover of it, though. I think he has done one. I'm, I'm going to sure find it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. It's going to need to happen. Oh, my God. And now I have chills thinking about Celine Dion or Meatloaf's. No, it's going to be Celine Dion's Kennedy Center Honors and Meatloaf will sing that song. <laughs> Uh, Celine Dion. Now, we've talked a lot about the Kennedy Center Honors on this show. She is Canadian. Oh, you're right. She is Canadian. So I don't know if that if they are eligible. 
So it'll have to be meatloafs. <laughs> it'll be meatloafs. Okay, so Celine will sing it at meatloafs. <laughs> that makes no sense because it doesn't have meatloaf in any way. But it would be the greatest act of artistry and shade. <laughs> it would just piss him off. I love it. I love it. Um, wow. I can't wait till Joe calls us up and, and, and Biden's just like, ladies, you're talking about the Kennedy Center honors more than anyone else Joe, in the world. Joe, call us. Joe, make the call. We t- My God. It's literally on my mind every day. Um, but you know what else is on my mind? Whoa. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Five-star reviews. Yeah. We love a five-star review. And we got a great one. Mm-hmm. A simple one from Not John. It says, I stand, we stand, love this show so much. Five stars. Wow. There wow. you go. Simple. Simple, but impactful. It really, yes. it, it, it doesn't go over the top, but it says so much. You know? Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Not John. John. Wow. Well, you know what else I'm thankful for? Mm. Today's guest. We have the hilarious, the iconic, the absolutely delightful Amanda Hunt of Growing Out Pod. I am blushing. Gals, hello. Well, Amanda, we know that you are the host of the Growing Out Pod, a podcast dedicated to hair. And so today we're talking about hair in pop culture. Finally. Oh, my one of my faves. I've been thinking about it so much lately, honestly. Like. At first, I was like, what is this going to be? And then I was like, what couldn't it be? Because honestly, mm-hmm. hair and pop culture, they are so intertwined. They are braided together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caitlin, what are what are your pop culture creds when it comes to hair? You know, sadly, I've used this credit before in another <laughs> context, hilariously. But okay. I have written a series of Herbal Essences commercials. It was my first ever writing job. It was the first thing I ever got paid to write. You're the Jim Steinman of young men <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Congratulations, honestly. Wow. Amanda, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that credit will never stop being cool. So just share it every time. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to tell people I know you. For sure. For sure. <gasps> Wait, Caitlin, we have to find the one you wrote and yeah, post, I'll find it. We have to post the footage. Yeah. I mean, you guys can all imagine what it is because I didn't come up with the concept of their entire <laughs> their advertising, but I, I, I played a role. I'll wow. find it. Wow. Wow. It, it stuns me every time. You know, I wasn't really sure what my connection to this topic was until I unburied a, a deep memory from the recesses of my young my young career. And when I was an intern at a theater company, I <laughs> off the clock went to a bar and played pool with a bunch of like the designers that were working on some Ugh. show. And I drunkenly challenged the makeup and hair stylist for the show. And I was like, if I win, you have to give me a free haircut. And I somehow I have never before, never after and never again have won a pool game. But in that night, I became a superhero who suddenly knew how to play pool. I won the pool game and I got a free haircut from like a Broadway stylist. Wow. That. When the stakes are high, Brickman delivers. Yeah. yeah. And she cut my hair in the middle of nowhere, upstate New York for free. <laughs> did you feel like the, the cut was better than a normal haircut? Like, did you feel the quality? I, yes, only because when she cut my hair, she, I believe we did it either that night or the next day. So she was either inebriated or recovering from being inebriated. And it still okay. came out perfect, like great. Like it was like, but I think like on her, m- at her worst, she gives you the best haircut you've probably ever had. So wow. I can only imagine what she does at her best. You know what I there mean? You go. Mm-hmm. And that's the Broadway discipline. Coming yeah. Through. But I was really proud of myself for winning a, a haircut in a pool game. A Absolutely. Game, a game I could not 
explain to anyone. A game I don't know how to play. <laughs> I mean, that's a movie right there. Like, that's at least a funny short. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amanda, what is your connection to hair and pop culture? Oh, my gosh. What? Like, to me, hair is, like, how you tell a visual mm-hmm. story, wow. right? Like. You know a rock of love girl versus a flavor of love girl. Mm -hmm. You know a housewife versus a bachelor Mm -hmm. contestant. Mm -hmm. I feel like housewives focus more on volume on the bottom. Bachelor contestants, volume on the top. Um, Like, it really, I think, like, you really genre define yourself. Like, think about Christina Aguilera and how many times she has reinvented herself through her hair. Think about pink. Her hair is her whole name. Mm -hmm. Like, you really can, like, I had bangs for the last... I've had bangs since I was 18. I don't want to do the math here on this podcast, but my bangs have defined me for my whole adult life. You know, it's my signature. It's like you, if you pick something that's yours, that's who you are. If you decide to change all the time, that's kind of also who you are. Like, you know, somebody who's like, oh, they're always doing something wild with their hair. You know, like we're watching a 2001 movie. If somebody has half their head pulled back. (laughs) by little butterfly clips yes. and it looks bizarre. That's uh but I would say like my when I like the most impactful pop culture hair moment, my first mm-hmm. one, you know, the one the one you always mm-hmm. remember is Empire Records. Wow. Deb's going through it. Wow. Mm-hmm. She shaves her head in the right. back room. Proto Britney. Mm-hmm. She comes proto-Britney out. Proto Britney moment. Proto Britney. If Britney quoted Empire Records when she shaved her head <laughs> and the world knew about that everyone would forget and forgive. Yeah. 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 And that's what Jamie is probably hiding. Jamie Spears is hiding Mm -hmm. that Britney was inspired by Empire Records. Britney might not even realize it because I don't know. I think I think a lot of us have had to do a lot of reflection to realize how much that movie shaped us. Fair. Yeah, that's honestly really true. Like when somebody says it's Rex Manning Day, I lose my love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Do you remember when Pink first came out and she had pink hair mm-hmm. and then she changed it? Yeah. And she was like, I don't know why people were surprised. Like, did you think I was going to have pink hair? I'm not cheesy. And it's like, yeah, I did think you were always going to have pink hair. <laughs> like, your name is it's Pink. It's your name. Yeah. Like, even now, it's a, like, light. It's a it's a light pastel. Yes. She might say it's blonde. I, I mean, I love pink. This is not mm-hmm. pink hating. But it was just like, yes, mm-hmm. I did think that. Why? why what? You, your name is not Pink. Yeah. Like, you were not born named Pink. You named yourself after your hair. name is Alicia. We thought you'd keep it. Yeah. Alicia can have any hair she wants. Pink better be pink. You better be pink. <laughs> Although, weirdly, I would accept purple too. She has had that crimson, like that, yeah. right? And that works too. Anything yeah. in that family mm-hmm. of colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge pink stan, I gotta say. Oh, she's her great. voice is so good. Her songs are so good. Have, have you seen the beautiful trauma music mm-hmm. video where she and Channing Tatum? Dance? Oh yeah, oh, she. That's elegant. This is this is such a. I'm getting off topic here, but I desperately yeah. want a pink musical. Her songs are such good stories. I I hope that somewhere there is like a NYU musical theater grad student toiling away at the book because I need it. And it's not something I personally want to build. I just want to come as a fan. I <laughs> just it. like to attend. I just want to attend. I don't want to have any part of it. Creatively. I just want to go on a preview mm-hmm. night and be like, why didn't they include this song? It's the best yes, one. Yes, 100%. That's what I want to do. So oh somebody get on it. Somebody do that there for me. There you go. Well, I I think 
Amanda, it's obvious that you are really, truly an expert uh, and a connoisseur of pop culture here. And I think, Caitlin, it's time to play the first game. I think so. I think so. This is a game called Real Hair Wives. Amanda, you're an expert on hair and Real Housewives. Uh, You know better than anyone that some of these women, they need an update. They could try on an update. I'm going to give you the name of a housewife and you're going to let us know how you would help. You're basically an essential worker now. Um, okay. This is, this is important. All right. So please help us update Lisa Rinna. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, <laughs> I, I would I would get her out of the spotlight for a year and get her in some therapy. But with her hair, I would recommend... <laughs> You know what she's done that I think is really fun? She's done a slick back and then a giant extension yes, in the yes. back. And I would love to see her with a little less volume. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Lisa, why don't we, like, have kind of a long bob? Why don't we, like, have more of Dorit's hair for a little <laughs> while? Just to see. Just to see if we don't need our head to be so, like, sonic in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, some people would say it's a signature look. Um but I think you can just always go back to it. It's, it's yeah. too much, you know? She, her hair will remember. You know, like, <laughs> if she takes six months off, her hair will remember to go back. And she has been playing with wigs. Yes. Which, on the show, and some people think her hair is a wig, and I'm interested in that. Like, that's a theory I'm compelled by. Um, it might be. Just because that style takes maintenance every day. Yeah. And... I don't think she has a, a glam squad come over and do it every day. A glam squad would refuse <laughs> in good conscience. So I could see it being, I could see it being a wig. Which I think that's oh, great. Yeah, I course. think more women should like be able to just plop a wig off a, off a wig head and pop it on their heads. <laughs> I, you know, I, I stand a wig. I support it. And I support Lisa Rinna's signature look. But I would say like, what's the hair keeping away? Right. You know? Right. Wow. Wow. I mean, dusters look great with everything. So you can have a long bob and a duster, my lord. (laughs) She wouldn't be the first. All right. Let's update Teresa Judice. Oh, Teresa. So she went blonde and that was one of the wildest things I've ever seen because there are people, I include myself in this, who should never go blonde. It's just the like it's too jarring and it's too against what God has planned for you in your life. But I would say. A lot of these housewives have always had very long hair. Mm. And it is like long hair is a cultural marker of like youth and sexuality and vitality. So I understand I have long hair. I get it. But like, Teresa, what if you what if you cut it off? What if we didn't always have to lead with our va-va-voom, our perfectly spray tanned butt on that uh, bodybuilding stage? Right. You know? What if you cut it off? What if you led with your confidence instead? Because she has confidence. You know yes. what haircut I would be interested to see on her? Like a Jackie Onassis in the White House era, like kind of like chin length situation. Wow. Could really soften her right? up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Right. right. Now, I do have to bring up the issue, mm-hmm. the elephant in the room, which is her her forehead. The hairline. The hairline's tough. And I know people who've had their hairlines lasered back. And oh, uh, it's hard, but I understand. It is kind of her. You want to talk about a signature yeah. look you can't get back once you laser that hairline back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might grow like laser is not forever. And I believe Teresa's hairline is tenacious, but <laughs> it fights back. Yeah. Like if she lasered it. I, and I also do think she has had it taken back mm-hmm. some. If you watch those right. first seasons, it's 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 uh, prodigious. But. 
But I think it's kind of her, like, what if your signature look was that your forehead was so small, you know? <laughs> she and Tyra Banks should do a collaboration of, like, different sides of the same. If Tyra Banks and <laughs> Teresa Judice were in the same room, the world would not survive. Like, no one, only one woman is coming out of that room. And I don't know which one of them it is. Honestly, I would usually bet on Tyra, but in that matchup, I'm not sure. Now, here's a question about Teresa's hair. Um, when she came out of prison, that hair was just as black. Is it that they are able to dye their hair in prison or is she not gray at all? I believe that like she was not at a maximum security true, prison, right? True. She was I think she probably had access to some kind of hair dye in yeah. prison. Maybe if she doesn't have any gray, that might be the source of her power. <laughs> to have that dark of hair and no grays. That's that's like superhuman. Mm -hmm. That I just wonder because she did she did she had the blonde moment, but she went back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women go blonde when they're older because it is easier to cover gray. But doesn't seem mm -hmm. like that was the reason because mm -hmm. she went back. No, she went blonde to compete with Melissa, her sister. Yes, as she does everything, which is like a different you know that's a different reason some women go blonde to, to, to be as sexy to their brothers as their <laughs> brothers' wives are. It's. To sexually compete for your own brother. Oh, is, my uh, God. Yeah, that can inspire some weird decisions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lauren, once your brother gets married, you'll get it. It's, <laughs> oh, no. It's so, it's so normal. I'm sorry. You know, I, if my brother and sister-in-law are listening, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I may never recover. I may never recover. Yeah, you know yeah. who's not going to recover? My brother who listens to this podcast every week. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's a big Hello, Joe Gorga so fan and relates to him on a number of levels. <laughs> Yeah, if if you've watched Real Housewives of New Jersey, you understand there's a tension in that family that I have not experienced in the real world uh, in, in my life. I honestly miss Joe Judice, who I believe is one of the worst people ever on reality TV, but mm -hmm. he low-key intimidated Joe Gorga to not be Joe Gorga's full self. Mm -hmm. And that's, we needed mm -hmm. that. We needed that presence. We didn't know how badly yeah, we needed it. Because now we have Frank and Frank can't, Frank is the same as Joe. Yeah. yeah. But like maybe worse. Like I think Frank Catania is doing stuff off cam that we don't want to Oh, know absolutely about. agree. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Moving to New York, we have Ramona. Now, I don't know if you saw the oh. trailer for the new season. I thought Sonia made a really cool hair choice. She went more mm -hmm. modern, slick. Luann's just looking amazing lately, and we don't know why. We don't know what deal has been made. Ramona's hair looked insane. It was like wavy it was a new look i guess she's done wavy before but it 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 was disturbing to me so we need to make ramona a true a true renewal i have a theory about ramona okay, can't wait because you know i i always want to see ramona on my schedule <laughs> i always want to see her on my screen this is not an anti-ramona no, statement never. but i can't imagine her having a like polite conversation with a hairstylist true. I don't believe that she is capable of getting hairstyles now at her current personality mm -hmm. state where before the end of it, the hairstylist doesn't go <clears throat> and just like can't entirely control themselves. Mm -hmm. I one time back when I used to wait tables, I once waited on a woman who looked exactly like Ramona. Exactly. <laughs> so much so that I'm pretty sure it was either her sister or Ramona in a wig because at one point she <laughs> kind of looked at me like, you know who I am. And I was like, Oh, she looked just like her. She had the same like 
big brown eyes that were like mostly brown and like no white. <laughs> um, and she had a very, she had, it was gray. Mm. She had like that like very beautiful like silver hair and it was like a short pixie cut. <gasps> And it was stunning because Ramona's face is so beautiful. I wouldn't suggest Ramona goes gray. I don't think – I. you want to talk about a hairstylist who will destroy you. You let a hairstylist take you gray. If they hate you halfway through, you're in bad trouble. So, like, I think keep the blonde but maybe have, like, kind of a cool, like, short – um, like Mia Farrow in mm, Rosemary's wow. Baby style cut. I think she's got the face. Yeah. She is really pretty. And, like – you could forget that because of the way she behaves and the way you mm-hmm. feel when you see her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and I would say to her to talk her into it, Ramona, you got these new bubs. You're so proud of them. Yes. C- get the hair off of them. <laughs> get the focus on the face, the bubs, and let, like, just let your gorgeousness shine through. Yeah. 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 She's someone who's stuck in, like, looking good means looking the same as I mm-hmm. did when I was 30. And she wants to look just like Avery, her mm-hmm. daughter. And yeah, that's, that's I think the biggest part of it. Like they're sharing clothes. Talking about sexual competition within your own family. Sometimes you need to eliminate your daughter. Mm-hmm. It's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, all are complicated. I agree. Okay, and and Deandra Simmons of Dallas. What do we want to do with Deandra? Oh my gosh. Well, this season I'd like to hug her. I love her. <laughs> you know, in past seasons, I said get Deandra off my sure. screen. This season I say I love her. I love her husband. Very attracted to him. Interesting. Now, she has maybe the most money of any housewife. So yeah. we're budget is no issue. Budget is no issue. And yet <laughs> it feels it feels like there's something there that won't allow her to spend the money to keep up her extensions properly. Cause they will become like a tangled mess. And I think Deandra, remember when Kyle cut off all her mm-hmm. hair and it was it was she was lighter. Kyle Richards, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not if you're not a real housewife oh, fan, listeners, stanners, um it's you know, Kyle Richards of Paris Hilton's aunt. <laughs> um she she had this very long hair for so long and she cut like to her butt long and she cut it off like to a little below her shoulders and it looked so good. And I would like say, Deandra, get rid of the extensions. <laughs> Stop trying to make it blonde. Stop. Yeah, there's something that's going on with the color mm-hmm. that I can't even put my finger on what she's doing. It feels like it's always going lighter and darker. Well, it's tough because her hairstylist became a shaman. <laughs> so she's probably looking for another hairstylist because I do think her hair used to look nice and that guy needs to stop Shamaning her and start cutting her hair again. Oh my god, Deandra is worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like it's yes. a different. Is that real? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. she's she's an heiress twice over because her stepdad, the one she talks about, isn't was an oil baron. So that's mm-hmm. like money, money, money. The the beauty stuff, which is also incredibly successful. Uh, lucrative and successful, is like the baby business mm-hmm. of her family. So she, I mean, I don't know, but I definitely think she would rival anyone across all cities as far as actual money then how was she so broke <laughs> that's last what... season that her whole storyline was like she couldn't afford a necklace was did her mom freeze her yes assets? i believe she was i believe she was cut off from some of the family wealth there's several issues with the way she gets her money but it's like she will get it eventually like she could basically just take out a million credit cards and pay them all back when like her mom dies frankly right. um like, there's nothing, there's no future planning that needs to happen. It's just, like, she and D get in fights and they manipulate each other with money, mm-hmm. which is 
I mean, the thing right. is, like, if D dies when they're on the outs, that money is going to their oh, job. Oh, like, here's no the question. thing. Here's the thing. There's a real chance she could end up a Tory spelling. <laughs> yeah. I think actually not fully. I, I I have read about this before. And her dad, the Simmons guy, there is money that is, like, for her. I don't think D can do anything about. There's there's money that she gets when her I when see. her mom passes that she can't prevent her from getting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So her dad loved her more than Aaron loved Tori. Oh, 100 percent. Well, her stepdad loved her more than he loved his own Correct. family. It seems, yeah. which is the plot of this. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. my point being, I feel like she could, at any level, have a full time hairstylist. That just be someone's job to be yeah. her hairstylist. And yeah, we're not seeing that happen. Why? Well, it feels like we're not seeing a lot of intervention from a hairstylist in general. And like, I do think sometimes when you're a housewife, you're on TV, you're always like trying to think how to reinvent mm-hmm. yourself. Sometimes you're doing too right. much. Mm-hmm. Like, I think let's simplify with her. Like, you don't need to be blonde like Stephanie. You don't need to like have <sighs> drunk hair all the time like Brandy. Oh my God. Like, Brandy? Just have brown hair. Just have brown hair. It can Brandy be revolutionary. Is just deteriorating. And it's so odd. There's there's a lot going on there, and the fact that she doesn't have a ring light for the reunion <laughs> is telling. Who, who, what housewife travels without a ring light? Fair enough. What housewife? Yeah, I, I don't even travel without a ring light, and I'm not a housewife. And what housewife can't get one delivered to them on the day of the reunion, you know? In New York City. Yeah. She's so hapless. It just is, something's weird. Okay, th- so those were all great. Amanda, is there one housewife you want to make over that we haven't mentioned yet? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. I feel like, so Kenya Moore, Mm -hmm. stunning beauty. Absolutely. Literally, iconically, famously beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's also always had that signature long hair. Mm -hmm. Pageant hair. You know, she's she's always had pageant hair. And I would just, again, I like, I I want to take all of the housewives and like reduce them one level to more natural. Yeah, you know, like I'd love to see her with like with like a braid. I'd love to see her with like a short sleek bob if she wanted to go that way, or like curly hair. Or I'd love to see like her natural hair. I would love to see Kenya do something different because I I love Kenya. I think she's one of our greatest reality show villains of Absolutely. all time. But I think Kenya's not happy. I don't think she's having fun mm-hmm. being the villain all the time. And like, I think sometimes change your hair, change your life. Yeah. Let's let's like let her change her hair and like let's see does that inspire her to make other mm-hmm. changes. Wow. I love. I mean, I love Portia's look lately of the super short. Ooh, and Kenya's yes. also pretty enough to pull that off. Now Portia, Kenya will could pull off any make fun of her for stealing her hair, but. But also, Portia has wig a wig line. She's got a million hairs. I'm going to say something. Some, uh, it, this might be insane. But someone who I would love to see go super short, the Countess. I want to see her go, like, so, so oh, short. Yeah. yeah. She could do it. She could, she could it. totally do it. And I think it would be. Yeah. I think it would, like you were saying, I think it would be an opportunity to renew, release, mature, you know? I mean, she is. I met her. I was on yes. last season famously of The Real Housewives of New York, famously on, told some jokes. It was the most exciting day of my entire mm-hmm. life. She is, she and Sonia both, when you meet them in person, are incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Like, unspeakably so. Like, I'm sure they've had work done, Good. but they don't have, they don't look like they've had work done. Like, even in person, they just look, like, glowing. I love that. Ugh, I love it. 
So she could pull off anything. Yeah. I have faith. Yeah. I just, I want to see her. I, I was, uh, I was watching like a Demi, I forget what movie it was, but Demi Moore with short hair. And it made me think of Luann. And I was like, oh, you could pull this off. Mm-hmm. 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 God, if Luann knew she was being compared to Demi Moore, she would come on. <laughs> <laughs> you could get her tomorrow. <laughs> like, well, well. Luann, uh, if you're listening, friend of Luann, yeah. if you're listening, let her know. We just compared uh, her to Demi Moore. <laughs> on that note, we do need to take a commercial break. We'll be DMing Luann, you are Demi to us. <laughs> and maybe you'll hear Luann after the break. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> maybe bye or maybe not. <laughs> Together. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Um, Luann couldn't get here today, but I think she is going to be stopping by sometime soon. She's filming Housewives All Stars, unfortunately. Yeah, she's in mm-hmm. Turks and Caicos right now with friend of the podcast Tim Dunn. But <laughs> <laughs> they went together. I, I they're there at the same time. I don't know. You do the math. You do the math. I just I have a con- we have we have a conspiracy theory that Tim Dunn's going to show up on <laughs> Housewives All Stars. A-, a conspiracy theory, and also an absolute demand of our friendship that he show up else mm-hmm. he's out yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was trying to soften the blow but caitlin's right uh all right well caitlin you have a you have a really important thesis today thank to you. present thank um, you I'm, yes, I'm, 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 I'm gonna sit back and just let you do your thing okay today i wanted to discuss the emergence of a character in pop culture that has now been around for a while um but we don't talk about him and we haven't give him an, given him a name mm-hmm. as yet. And I'm going to call him the long hair son. Mm-hmm. The long hair son is the child of a celebrity who is male mm-hmm. and has long hair. Mm-hmm. It seems so simple, but it really turns people's cranks. <laughs> and I love it. So I believe that, you know, I'm sure. Sh- Long hair son has always been, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like the person who we really, really identify as the first long hair son is Ryder Robinson, the son of Kate Hudson. Mm. He had long hair, which drove people insane. <laughs> he was a young child. His father is from the Black Crows. He's a rocker. So the long hair, it made sense. This is rock and roll. It's This is Goldie Hawn's grandson mm-hmm. and the Black Crow's son. We're, we're going to have long hair. But people were very critical of her letting her son grow his hair out. And we're basically like gender policing him. Which wow. is interesting because we see a lot of comments on the daughters and women involved in celebrities lives but i will say the long hair son is someone that is driving people mad online mm-hmm. for the boys 
Uh, and then since then, Ryder has uh, more recently been dyeing his hair different colors. He decided to cut it. He's still only nine, but now he has like all sorts of kooky colors and it's great. And guess what? Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell love him. And Kate now has a second son who she's letting get what he calls a Rod Stewart haircut, um, which is sort of a mullet. Do I think it looks great? No, <laughs> but that's not my point. It is still he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut his own hair. She put on Instagram. My little man decided to give himself a haircut. And I must say, I'm digging it. Hashtag little Rod Stewart. Hashtag Bing man. His name is Bingham, which I also don't love. but. You know, Kate was really in this space, allowing her sons to express their hair however they wanted early and often. You know, the Fabletic spokeswoman who is is a gender nonconformity icon. Who knew? Now, I will say here's an even more surprising one. Beverly Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Now, y'all might remember Beverly Mitchell as Lucy from Seventh Heaven. Yep. As Jessica Biel's best friend. Uh, as an Instagram and Cameo all-star, always looking to connect with the fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She has three children. The oldest is a girl. The second is a boy named Hutt, H-U-T-T. Again, mm-hmm. no one asked me about these names, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hutt has always had long hair. And Beverly Mitchell's fan base is pretty traditional. Yeah. Because, you know, Seventh Heaven, it's 90s, it's family. She's really pushing the, like, family, you know, she does Instagram uh, ads and stuff like that Mm -hmm. for family stuff. Um, And they often comment that they don't like the hair. (laughs) And gross and weird i'm sorry like all of these grown-ass people just being like i don't like that kid's hair it's so gross and so weird and hut is i'm not sure how old hut is let's say four um he's four a young young kid now then it took um Beverly is a cool mom, and mm-hmm. she took a picture of Hutt. In, this is in 2020. Um, Hutt has his long hair, as he always does. He's also wearing a dress, a necklace, and some little, like, devil or cat ears. And it says, when your sister dresses you up, fun at home. Cute. Great. Cute. Cute. Fans didn't like it. <gasps> Rude. They commented, here's three in a row. This is a little boy. Next one. Oh, no, 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 no. Draw the line, girl. Next one. I just don't understand, which is none of my business, but why let your child dress like that, especially since he is a boy? I would never allow my child to free like that or have long hair if I was to have a boy. Okay. Okay. You've just touched on maybe the thing that drives me the most insane. When someone starts a comment with, it's none of my business, but. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And she also says, if I were to have a boy. So we're talking about not a parent here, just deciding Mm -hmm. to wade in on policing the gender of a kid. And I say go Beverly for Mm -hmm. always. I don't even want to say defending her kids. It's not defending no. anything. It's just like, you are a dumbass. <laughs> like, giving her kid, like, the space to freely express themselves. Like, Gwen and Gavin, mm-hmm. you know, RIP to that marriage. They also let their kids do really cool. Yes. Hair. Yeah. Yes. And I love it. You have the money. If you were going to let your kid do anything, let them 
feel autonomy over their hair. Yeah. Exactly. And then I I was really thinking about those two specific examples. And then I came across this Us magazine, Important Journalism, mm-hmm. uh, which says celebrity parents defending their son's long hair. Whoa. And it's an entire article about how different celebrities post their sons who have long hair and how people hate it, uh, including Brian Austin Green, who, you know, we're hot and cold on. Mm-hmm. Alicia Silverstone, <laughs> we always love. Um and they get criticized because their sons have long hair and not because their sons have stupid names, which is their fault. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, I just want to give a shout out to the long hair son. You are an icon in our culture. Yeah. You are driving people mad. You are a child. <laughs> No, what is funny is all these parents say, my sons want long hair, so I let them have long hair. Now, if I was a parent, it's none of my business, but I would just make my kids do what I wanted. But that could be long hair. (laughs) But that's that's my choice. Uh, I wouldn't be a cool bomb. I'm no Beverly Mitchell. (laughs) I mean, as a kid who wanted long hair and was not allowed to have it because it's too thick. My mom's like, it's too thick. I don't have to deal with it. I'm cutting it off forever. I always want long hair now. Like, let the long-haired son have long hair. I also grew up in a very prescriptive home as far as what my hair could be. Uh, But it had to be long, but no layers ever and no dyeing. No layers? No layers. Layers were hated. I have to say, my... First of all, my 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 dad certainly never thought twice about my hair after about age five. Uh, my mom was always really chill. Like I I always had like real autonomy. The only thing that would stop us was like financial <laughs> restrictions. Sure, because you know you start experimenting and things get expensive. That's where nice and easy comes in. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Walgreens get that nice and easy. But it was <laughs> you spray a little sun in it. <laughs> but I always really appreciated that that autonomy over my hair. No, I I do agree with you. Actually. Yeah. Uh, I just did grow up in a prescriptive household, and ultimately, yeah. my mom was right about some of the things. But in a weird way, like I know there were times I made some bad decisions with my hair as a teenager, but it was such a good high stakes, low stakes way to learn about consequences because it was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this affects how I look and how I feel for a long time, but it will change and I will grieve this and get over it. And I do think there, there were some, there were some lessons learned through bad hair. But you know, what's interesting. And this is, again, I think it's a strange space, but I think growing up as girls, yes, there's still like less pressure because yeah, you're allowed to have you're allowed to care about your hair. So making choices about it, even if they're not the same choices other people would make, people are more understanding. With these boys, I feel like there's, it's almost like we shouldn't even be thinking about boys' hair. It should just yeah. be short and not in the whatever color it grows in and let's never think about it because that's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And gender and sexuality spectrum is what the Instagram thing. And then, and I have to jump on Instagram and make a comment about it. I see all kinds of things on Instagram I think are dumb and I DM a friend about it yeah. if I really don't like I it. I know, it's sad. You know, and that's manners. But also <laughs> the idea. <laughs> and that's manners. <laughs> and like maybe watch an episode of Seventh Heaven, you morons. Maybe learn yeah. something from Lucy Camden before you go on her Instagram and insult <laughs> her child. And make sure it's an episode where the dad is not on, I think. Well, it is also, it's so interesting to me, though, this, like, gender policing of of boys. Because it, it's, ha- having been a child of the 90s, we loved long-haired boys. Like, so, like, is it, 
is it a certain is it like a certain length that makes it wrong is it an age that makes it wrong because speaking of seventh heaven the older brother always had that shaggy shaggy hair barry watson right oh god and barry watson bless him bless him yeah like the 90s were a time for long hair like when i think about all of my crushes it's like jared leto barry watson Ryder strong like they were all rocking some mop tops kurt cobain had a beautiful bob yeah I think that the anger is like those people you just mentioned are yeah. teenagers and they yeah. are kind of rebels. True. I think the problem people have with the long hair son is that there's a tacit endorsement by the mom. Mm. And so, you know, yeah. she must be blamed. Wow. Wow. Or Brian Austin. Green. And that's like mm-hmm. hashtag boy mom. Culture. Yeah. Like that's like. That's like you raise your your son to be masculine and like it's I mean it's it is like transphobia yeah, really yeah. like at the of it. And it's like get a literal life. <laughs> like being transphobic is disgusting, but also like get a, why are you following Beverly Mitchell's Instagram if you are so angered by her long-haired son? You know, I only follow celebrities I want to celebrate. Yeah. Ramona Singer. No, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I actually don't follow Ramona. It's too, too upsetting for me. But like Housewives, Cast of the Floribama Shore. Oh Ramona? Ramona would hate the long hair son. No, Ramona has a finsta where she's leaving some of these comments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe but Ramona her. is full MAGA. Like Ramona, Ramona is, is like my only Trump friend. Yeah, you know? Ramona is bad news bears. Yeah, like her birthday party two years oh. ago or last season was like, oh, oh no, like <laughs> all those blonde haired women. She's a big oh, oh, no. oh yeah, that one. Oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. The one where it was very Marla. The yeah. one where um where uh Sonia danced on the tray and broke the glass <laughs> and Ramona was like, my friends are here. You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. And it's like if they're you you asked everyone to bring you a hundred dollars for a so you could buy a purse. You're the embarrassing one at your birthday. Party. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she would. She'd be gender policing like crazy. And yeah. it's I don't know. I just I love these long hair sons. I love them too. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, Luann has a long haired son. Hmm. I actually love Luann's kids. That's one of my, yeah. I. I'm truly like the Luann defender has logged on when you're talking to me. Like I will turn anything <laughs> horrible that she's done into a justifiable response to uh, the patriarchy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love Noel. Mm-hmm. I love his weird little mustache, which usually I'm not a mustache fan. But on Noel, I'm happy he's trying. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. I agree. Wow, wow. Well, Caitlin, thank you for bringing this in today. You're welcome. You're I'm happy. I'm with you. I stand a long-haired son. I stand parents giving their children autonomy and gender police. Stop. You're transphobic and it's gross. Stop. Put down Stop. your badges. Put down your badges. Put down your badges. Yeah. De- abolish the regular police. Abolish the gender police. Yeah. Get them all They're out They're all of being here. defunded. They're all being defunded. Yeah. All right. Well, Amanda, I, we couldn't have you on the podcast and not put your intellect to the test, but also your deep connection to the Hunger Games front and center. So, Amanda, I know you spent much of quarantine re-watching the Hunger Games. We have spoken about this uh, recently. And I want to take your love of the Hunger Games and your love of reality TV and put it all together in a big, beautiful bushel of hair in this version of Pitch Fest, Hair Games Edition. So, Amanda, congratulations. Netflix heard about you and your podcast, and they want you to pitch them an unscripted hair competition series inspired by the Hunger Games, but all about hair. So what we need from you today is a title of that series, the celebrity host or hosts, a logline, 
and a little bit about who's competing on this show. So, Amanda, what is the hair competition show of your dreams? And I know that you also, in addition to being a Housewives fan, you're also a challenge fan. I know you know what a competition show looks like and what it should be about. So how do we do this with hair? <laughs> okay, let's talk through this. I love this. So how, did you do you remember Blowout on Yes, Bravo? I do. I watched every episode. If you know where to get those episodes, we can only find the first two. On Growing Out the Pod, we recap the first two episodes. We can't find the rest. Oh. But I think that that is like an iconically so good, good show about hair. They could, I think they pulled them because Andy and Jonathan Anton had Yeah, they, they oh. were, I believe, I believe they were scrubbed not long ago, a couple years ago. But really I'll do tough. some looking. But that said, um, I think get Jonathan Anton back mm-hmm. in the mix. Okay. I think he's got to be a judge. I think get Tabitha yes, back in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, let's see, who else do I love who's like doing fun hair? I think like, I think let's get Portia in mm. there too. She's got a wig line. She knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. She's seen a lot of hair. You don't have a wig line without seeing a lot yeah. of hair. And also Portia is like going to be the nice yeah. one in that conversation, right. but we're still in the Bravo family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have a very like serious preference with my reality shows where people know each other and like each other enough that when they fight, you give a shit about mm-hmm. the fight. Right. Um, and and uh, so I think that like they should be the judges. Okay. I think that the premise should be getting people ready to go to a friend's event who they are just in a fight <gasps> with. So every week, a bunch of people come in. <laughs> And they are going to their friend's event, but they're in a fight with their friend. So they have to show up looking incredible. And then these hairstylists who are off the street, or maybe, maybe, and this, okay, maybe they all come from the same beauty school. (gasps) Okay. They all know each other. We kind of know that this isn't true, but it's Jonathan Anton's Anton's beauty school. Mm -hmm. Maybe, like, he's, like, the head of it. I'm doing air quotes because it's, like, that's going to be a contract Mm -hmm, for the show. mm -hmm. But, like, it's Jonathan's school, and he's, like, I brought my friends Tabitha and Portia here to help me judge to see who's getting people ready to go to their friends' events. But they're in and Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so (laughs) they're all getting ready to go to their friends' events. The final look. Um, you do it in front of a step and repeat. Mm, and so mm, then you compare uh, the step and repeat photos against each other. Um, and that's called, uh, and, and and then that's how you decide who wins, like who looks best on the step and repeat, whose hair has held up <laughs> to get to the step and repeat every week. And that, I think the show should be called, um, oh God, it should be called maybe like Fabulous Frenemies. Ooh. Because I think also Jonathan and Tabitha are frenemies. Have to be frenemies. Yeah, Tabitha does not have no friends. He said in an article something like, "Like no offense to Tabitha, but I think they could have gotten someone more seasoned like me to do this." (gasps) Wow. And I, I would just love. I would love all of that in a big pot. Now let me ask you this: I have one thought. Mm -hmm. Is it more fun to see people getting ready to go to their friend shows, or is it more fun to have the two frenemies competing to go to the same event? I love that. The only crux yeah. is that how, on Housewives, the whole premise of the Housewives is that people have events that you go to them or don't go to them. True. And that's all True. the power you have True. on the show. Right. But it could be somebody getting ready for their event and somebody getting ready to go to their mm-hmm. event and who looks better. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's really why they're getting ready, right? right? To like look better than each other. So I do like to have the personal element in there also. And then maybe it's Jonathan and Tabitha. Wow. 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 There's so many, there's so much possibility here. This feels like a strong franchise. 
I think that we could get some spinoffs of this. Like, I think that this is like, this is this is something that has legs for years. It's like it's like the real world and the challenge, right, you right, know? Right, right. Wow. Is there a role for Whitney Rose's dad to play mm-hmm. in this? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I think he could kind of be um, like the Tim Gunn. Wow. Wow. You know, he's not a judge. He's no, he he's judge. coming around and being like, he can't no. judge. Because he he did such a good job when he was doing that haircutting demo. Like, his hair is a wild look, but he he has skills. Yeah. yeah and I thought he was very personable with the, the beauty school when he was talking yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think, yeah, get him in a, get him in like a black t-shirt and a pair of dark wash jeans and let him be the Tim And honestly, what a fun little segment to like promote the show. If we have Tabitha, like give him a haircut and like glow up, like to promote the, to announce the show. We like do a little. Jonathan, we split screen. Mm -hmm. Jonathan and Tabitha each have to update half of his head. (laughs) (laughs) And then whichever one he likes more, we find out. Uh, on the first they, it won't stick though I have known a lot of stylists over the years that their own hair is psychotic and yeah. it's just because like they think about it too much and they like do too much and mm-hmm. it, it he could get a great makeover but he will ruin it the next oh, day yeah. yeah 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 I also think like some people want their hair to look good like some people want their hair to fit in some people want their hair to right. stand yes. out yes you know well Whitney Rose's dad doesn't want it to stand yeah in. and I think we all <laughs> at different times of our life like try to process feelings through our hair sure and he's got a lot of feelings to process <laughs> and a lot of access also, to the tools i don't want us to learn his name i want his no. lower third to just say whitney, whitney versus, versus dad, dad. <laughs> i i do if, i don't know if you listen to sexy unique pod where they talk about like different different bravo yeah. shows but they call him diane warren because they have the same <laughs> <laughs> so, and em- they'll be like diane's oh in a scene my God. With emotionally they take me to places both of them wow 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 well uh we're gonna we're gonna take one final quick break and we'll be right back to get into a thesis that um i felt compelled to create but we'll be right back All right, y'all. Um, thank you so much. Amanda, that TV show you came up with, I can't wait to watch Amazing. it. It's going to be so good. It's going to, we're all going to be rich off of that show. Yeah, it'll be cool to be now, rich. Now, I hate, <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. I hate to take things uh, to a dark place, but okay. we couldn't, we simply couldn't do an episode about hair in pop culture without addressing a haircut that shook the very fabric of the American nation. Um, Now that haircut was Carrie Russell's 1999 season two haircut on Felicity. Uh, Before I dive into some thoughts, I'm going to let Miss Russell speak for herself. This is a clip from uh, a couple of years ago, back in 2015, the cast of Felicity reunited uh, on the Today Show. And this is, this is a portion of that segment. It's such a typical college girl story. You know, the, she, the guy breaks up with her and then she goes and cuts her hair and it looks really bad and like whatever. And I loved it. I thought that was such a good storyline. The way it all 
totally went down was they were wrapping up the first season and in the, the hair and makeup trailer wraps up and the hair people were putting away everything that they had into boxes and there was a, a little boy's wig. Why there was a little boy's wig, I have no idea. <laughs> and I, I was having like, a hair issue at the time, so I just would have them. And we put it on me at like two in the morning as a joke and we were like, oh, it looks cute. And uh, we... We, we took a Polaroid, and over the summer, we thought it'd be really funny to send to JJ and Matt and say, look, oh, I cut my hair. I hope you like it. Ha, ha, ha. Totally is a joke. And then I was at my, with my girlfriends, like at some lake, and I got this phone call that said, someone named JJ Abrams wants to get you on the phone. And he said, hey, uh, we got your picture. No laughing, no nothing. Would you really cut your hair? And I was like, I guess. We shot that scene probably about four in the morning on a Friday. And the hair girl actually, it's in slow motion, her cutting my hair, like snipping it. And then that a few hours later, I went to some hair salon and someone cut it, the rest of it off. Wow. Wow good or wow bad? Definitely wow bad. When, when you saw me, you were like, it looks great. <laughs> I remember practicing because I knew I was going to see you that day. Oh, so good. And I just, I failed miserably. Yeah. I don't think it's so bad. I just think it's a different look. Kind of like a new me. You guys are going to hate it. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in that clip. There's a lot mm -hmm. going on mm -hmm. in this moment. Um, I I have one more clip that I would love to share with you all today to to sort of frame this conversation because in preparation for today, I made I made a few. I remembered a few things, but I also made a few discoveries. Uh, so I just one more piece of of evidence to share with you all uh, before we dive into the conversation at hand. Uh, now, this one is also from a, a reunion that took place. This was from Entertainment E.T. and people did like a little uh, reunion with the entire cast. And this is the, the portion of the reunion that once again zeroed in on the haircut. After a successful first season, including a Best Actress Golden Globe for Russell, came one of the show's most controversial storylines, pitting fans into two more teams, short and long. Even those who did watch couldn't ignore the headlines about Carrie Russell's hair. Did it feel crazy to you at the time that a haircut resulted in so much coverage and speculation? It was like kind of amazing that anyone cared. Were you concerned about it? No, because I loved it for the story. I mean, they called me and they said, would you cut your hair for the show? And I was like, yeah, it's such an awesome thing that a college girl would do. I, yeah. I think there's still a big misconception that like, yes, Carrie cut it on her own and showed up. My hair. favorite is when people always come, just come up to me and say, you were so pretty before you cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank oh. you, thank you. So you're happy to put the hair gate behind you? <laughs> it's never behind me. Okay, so <laughs> there's, there's so much to say about this. Before I dive into my points, you both look, the audience, Amanda and Caitlin, are, have been looking horrified since I started playing this clip. Mm -hmm. Thoughts from you all before I dive into some of the things I wanted to say. I know it's, I, I know it's dark. <laughs> I, there's a lot of revisionist history, I believe, in these, these 20 year reunion stories. Yeah. And I, 
I didn't watch Felicity, but I distinctly remember the haircutting heard around the world. People felt very upset about mm-hmm. it. And I feel for her because I bet that was extremely traumatic. Like this was before Instagram. Yeah. It was like before Twitter, but I bet she was like bullied so, so much. Mm-hmm. But yikes, did Felicity not have any fucking friends in in uh, college that like, if I cut my hair and it looks bad, don't say well bad mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Did she have no friends? Was that part of the show? She was a little bit of an underdog. Blinder. She had friends, but she was an underdog. Um, so here, a couple of things that came up for me. Yeah. Like, so when we decided to do this topic, this was literally like when Caitlin and I were brainstorming immediately, I was like Felicity's haircut because having been a child of the nineties and having watched Felicity when it was on, having rewatched it many times in my life, like I have always it just stood out to me and the urban legend of this haircut because season one the show was like a ratings hit and and like they and like the clip said like carrie was winning awards like it was not just a teen show it was like a teen prestige show like it was beloved right but in the second season it took a huge dive in the ratings and people always said it was because of the haircut and that was a myth that i believed but in research for this show, I had forgotten or hadn't known or hadn't realized because in the 90s, again, we didn't have the Internet. It was hard to keep track of things. They changed the day and time that the show was on. I think it had been on like Tuesdays or something and they switched it to like Sunday nights or something like that. Hmm. And so and also season two thematically gets a lot darker. It's like it takes it, it, it matures and it grows and it goes in different places. So like. I think it's much more complicated, like, why the show started to go. But I think that her haircut gave them this really easy thing to blame it on. At the time, I also remember the press. I remember hearing stories and believing that Carrie, like, the spin on it was, like, Carrie Russell made this crazy decision to chop her hair off. But then you're like, well, no, wait, they were cutting the hair on camera. Like, clearly, like, you know what I mean? Like, she was... It was clearly part of the story, but I remember as a teenager buying into that idea of, like, she made this choice and everyone had to deal with it. But, like, even if she had, why was it framed? Like, I think the thing that, like, you know, now as an adult woman with everything I've learned and all of the unlearning I've been doing in recent years, I can look back on this and be like, what a horrifically sexist, misogynistic disgusting thing that happened from so many ends and it's just like i had forgotten like i knew it was big but i had forgotten that like buffy the vampire slayer one tree hill uh gilmore girls 30 rock six feet under happy endings family guy they all make jokes about it even sabrina the teenage witch there's a quote where um sabrina is getting flack for something she wrote and she's like why is everyone looking at me like i'm the girl who told felicity to cut her hair like <laughs> even sabrina the teenage witch like the magnitude of this young woman cut my god cutting her hair it's the opposite of the long-haired son right mm-hmm. well no it's it's friends with the long-haired mm-hmm. son, almost. Let me ask you this, because there was also an urban legend, maybe, or maybe it was true at the time, that then the WB had all its actresses sign contracts that they couldn't cut their hair. However, why would that ever be a stipulation if, in fact, she didn't just do it willy-nilly of her own accord? Either that wasn't true, it was just an urban legend, or WB tried to sort of act, like put it on uh, Carrie Russell 
and act like it was her fault. Well, it's it really, really interesting. So I found a couple of different um, like pull like different people from the WB at the time who made quotes and they like they basically said that this decision was a turning point for the network. So like I couldn't find any proof that they actually put these stipulations in contracts, but they did say that like I, I it's really s- kind of sad because it seems mm-hmm. like this whole haircut storyline and how it was received publicly made the network stop trusting creatives a little bit. Right, and right. the I think the network got a little bit more hands-on and and it seems like um there was like acknowledgement by executives of the WB being like, we've learned a lot from this and whatever. But what's absolutely insane to me is that JJ Abrams um actually eventually after poor Carrie got raked over the coals for like months, he eventually publicly took the blame for this. He wrote um to the, he told the New York Times, we take full responsibility for the idea of cutting her hair. People revolted against the look and the show. So she's gorgeous. We thought, who cares how long her hair is? The answer came back pretty quickly. Frankly, we thought of extensions and all sorts of things. So first of all, I guess, cool, fine. You took responsibility. But the idea of anyone having to take responsibility for a woman cutting her hair makes me so angry. It makes me want to vomit. And I cannot believe how much time and energy and resources went into a beautiful woman still looking beautiful. <laughs> Here's a question. In pop yeah. culture, we don't have a lot of curly haired women. We don't. Uh, to to quote Patty Stanger, guardian of hell, um, men don't want a woman with curly hair. They want straight, shiny locks. We don't like and I don't think that that's true. I just think Patty Stanger has a lot of opinions. Yeah. But like, I think part of it, not all of it, but I do think part of the outrage was like, we let this woman have curly hair and then she cut it short like I think like there was like a I I think that that's part of it too I do and well and I think it's I think honestly all roads lead back to systemic racism because I think our feelings about curly hair are rooted in otherness and racism and I think like you know I think this is something that um black women have to deal with a lot when we're talking about natural hair and and you know different things but I think like I because I was thinking about this I had a gig not long ago, a couple years ago, and my hair is naturally curly. And I was letting my hair, I was wearing my hair curly for this gig. And someone above me on the creative team came backstage and was like, you have to do something about this. This is a mess. And they made me straighten my hair every night because they didn't like the look of my curly hair. Mm-hmm. And this person uh, was like, I really don't think you should be wearing your hair curly anymore. And it got, and I started going to auditions with my hair straight again and I started getting callbacks and I realized every gig every major gig I've ever booked my hair has been straightened and flat ironed and like I'm a white woman but I'm also like a Jew I'm like I have a lot of that my ancestry is like Russian Jewish and so we've got that curly hair um and I do and it's fascinating I was like oh my god when I look back at my notes I was like I rarely get a callback I and I never get bookings with curly hair all of my major bookings have been straight hair. And I do think it's like, I think it's incredibly rooted in racism and misogyny and bullshit. And so part of me is like, there were so many other things that impacted those season two ratings. But I do think people really felt 
personally like I don't know why it's like those women that write on the long hair sun accounts like it's it goes back to like autonomy though it's like how dare she we mm-hmm. like she looked like this we like her like this she shouldn't change a way that we don't mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and I feel I like I have like so much respect for Carrie Russell for like staying in the industry because <laughs> she, like she's been interviewed first of all you saw those two clips I played were from two different events where she and you can look at her poor co-stars faces like every time they get together this they have to relive this and i i do feel for scott speedman because he self admittedly he he and carrie russell were dating at the time and admittedly he was like a very very bad boyfriend and (laughs) he's they've talked about this many times in the press but he was like everyone prepared me he was like i hadn't seen her yet she was coming to set to shoot everyone was like her hair is really different and he was like, I knew that I was in hot water with her because of other stuff we were dealing with. And he was like, I it was like, this was going to be my like make it or break it day as a boyfriend. He was like, I really shit the bed and I didn't do I didn't do what I should have done. Like, and you see in the shot, like his real reaction of like how much he did not like it either. Um, it doesn't <laughs> look good. Let's say that no. in fairness, it no. is there's something strange about how it's so evenly cut around her head. Mm-hmm. There's I think that's a big, I think, you know, it's hard to do curly hair really short like that. And I feel like there's something, and it is gender bending because there's something, I mean, she said it was a little boy wig and it yeah. has that feel and it just doesn't, I've seen these episodes. Mm-hmm. I've seen, this is 20 years ago. Yeah. It's not new information to me today, but still looking at it, I'm like, <laughs> this is wild. It is something wild. about they it. didn't cut into the curl pattern. Like somebody yes. didn't know how to cut yes. curly hair who cut that. So it's like it already like probably wasn't a good I good look for her to get it so short, but then the person who did it didn't do a good job. I don't think so. But I mean that's not this is neither here nor there what you're talking about. But yeah. there there is it is just funny to your point that there, it does inspire something when you look yeah. at it. You're like, what the hell? It's and it, it is fascinating. It's fascinating. But um is it does it warrant the fact that like the thing that like made my like I I knew she got a lot of flack for it like I remember it but like I I was thinking about the fact that I was like oh but it was pre-social media so like how bad could it be but she was like people would come up to her on the street and be like you were so pretty before you cut your hair and like and the fact that 20 years later and the fact that she's had this like pretty great career like she had a huge hit with the americans of course and like still this is like the go-to thing people want to talk to her about it's so weird insane to me and i do have to say a major shout out to russell because uh back in 2016 seth myers did a sketch where he asked celebrities to offer advice to their younger selves and this is what she said in her message to her younger self she said your life is going to be so exciting but whatever you do don't cut your hair short during the second season of Felicity. She said, no, I'm serious. People will freak the hell out. You'll get hate mail. You'll even get death threats. But gradually your hair will grow back and your fans will you, will forgive you. But you will never, and I repeat, never forgive your fans. Ooh, yeah. And I kind of love it. <laughs> well, you know, I she- mean, you haven't even seen her with curly hair since Felicity. No. That hair is the most, like, conforming to gender standards you mm-hmm. could have. I- love Carrie Russell is so funny to me like she was talking in an interview about how she's the same age as Reese mm-hmm. and I guess they both have three kids and she's like yeah and Reese does like way more than I do because I don't want to do all of that <laughs> she's like yeah I act that's it that's my contribution 
<laughs> like I don't have a book club. I don't produce. I'm not like like it's like no, I don't. I'm fine. She's just so. I mean, maybe trial by fire through this whole. But she's so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be. I mean, to get death threats because of a haircut. I mean, it's is hilarious. The craziest thing that J.J. Abrams wanted you yeah, to do. Like, like yikes! Also, why were things happening so late at night? Yeah, I don't understand. Two a.m., four a.m. I don't understand that. Do this I didn't like watching those interviews. They were making me uncomfortable. And I think Lauren, you spoke to it. Like, it's not about the show. Like, on yeah. some level, it's like there's nine people sitting there. Ask yeah. questions about the show. Like. Mm-hmm. What about Megan, the roommate? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What about choosing to have everyone be so rude to Felicity's face? Good Lord. Also, what about the fact that I saw Scott Speedman in a coffee shop in LA and he uses a cracked iPad? <laughs> like, what about that? Also, was he so handsome when you saw him? He was, but there was something so gross about the broken iPad and just the uh, the bin of it all. It's just... Well... You can't, you can't forgive. No. And that's Look, okay. He also he came onto Grey's Anatomy and was an absolutely perfect fit, and then just disappeared. How dare you, sir? How dare you? And you know what? Maybe the only way that Carrie can forgive her fans and everyone can bring her back into the fold is obviously she joins the cast of Grey's Anatomy as her two male leads have at times. And Caitlin, yeah. you sort of hit the nail on the head with exactly where I was going with this thesis. Was really? my final statement was going to be we. <laughs> We owe this to Carrie Russell to bring her back. And we've talked about this many times. She should be on Grey's Anatomy. Um, Ellen Pompeo, you want out. That's cool. Let's replace her with Felicity. And that's an easy tag out. That's an easy like, oh, Meredith's gone. She moved to Puerto Rico. (laughs) But there's a new doctor Mm -hmm. here at is it still Seattle Grace or is it Seattle oh, Grace Kettering? No, no, no. <laughs> We're a few names past that. It's now okay. called Grace Sloan Memorial wow. Hospital because. Oh, that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That like, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of spoilers That's in nice. that title. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew I stopped after the plane mm-hmm. crash season, I think. Because of that. I stopped because Cali in Arizona couldn't stop fighting mm. and it was breaking my heart yeah. too much. Yeah, it was hard. And I never went back after that. It's never too late to come home. I'll say that. Carrie can come on. And you know what? She didn't bring Matthew Reese. She's <gasps> like, I, I got this guy. Can, can he come he to work? He would be it's like, yeah, of course he can come to work. He's a Pete's. He's Pete's. He's already part of the ABC family. He did Brothers and Sisters. He already knows those, those So they thoughts. already have a social. And stuff. Yeah, they so already it's have. like easy. Yeah. It's just easy to process. He just has easy. to fill out like a quick mm-hmm. updated W-2. And then he's Well, in. the same thing with Carrie because Carrie was on the Mickey Mouse Club. That's all part of the same family. They're already in there. That's true. She just logs into go.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think. I think. <laughs> so this is pretty easy. And we can mm-hmm. circle back and let's have Christina Aguilera come on as a patient with weird <gasps> hair. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's like, half of it keeps growing in pink. I don't know what to do. The bottom half, it looks like strange, but kind of cool when it's up. It's complicated. It's so complicated. Also, get both of the Scots back on. I didn't watch Felicity, but the three of them are very hot yeah. together. And I, I, I support any hotness. Yeah. I've been alone in quarantine Agreed. for yeah. a very long yeah. time. I love to see hot things. Megan, yeah, the roommate, you know? has played too big of a part on private practice, I feel like, to come into the Grey's yeah. verse. But, she's, our, but hey, she's in the universe having been on private oh, practice. Oh, she'll be there. So we, <laughs> And finding out that character is actually just Megan from Felicity, is you'd be like, yes, that's true. That's mm-hmm. the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Anyways, uh, are there any other, like, moments in TV 
that really stand out because of haircuts. It, I, mean, I was trying to think if there were anything, any other moments. And this one just like the sings Rachel. so loudly. The Rachel yeah. as a positive because we all wanted the Rachel haircut. Right. But then we, some of us had yeah. it. But they let her transition out of that, too. They did. She was. Mm-hmm. She had many looks. As someone who has weirdly watched a couple of episodes from every season of Friends uh, this week, she had so many different haircuts. that yeah, it, she did. You almost forget which is the Rachel. <laughs> right. <laughs> like It's like, well, which one was it? I guess my last final question was, like, who were your hair goals in pop culture? Oh, gosh. I mean, Jennifer Aniston, truly, mm-hmm. but I like her, I like her long straight hair with like too. very casual front yeah. layers. Like that's, that's nice. I think maybe like Reese Witherspoon in election mm. at the time, that was very cool. Yeah. Hair. You know who's problematic and canceled, but I think consistently had good hair through 80s, 90s and today is Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Lori had great hair. Aunt yeah. Becky always, always had a good, always had good look, hair. always a youthful, but age appropriate look. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she has some issues, but hair, she doesn't. I always like gravitated towards like my like hair icons as a teenager were like Nev Campbell, Winona oh, Ryder. Interesting. Uh, I loved Janine Garofalo in Reality Bites with that. Look. Oh, her every person in Reality Bites yeah. was the coolest looking mm-hmm. person I've ever seen. <laughs> I think I wanted Liv Tyler's yes, hair. Yes, like I yes. think like and and like. I've gotten as close as I'm going to personally get to You're it, and I'm going to hold You're pretty on close. to that. Yeah, I would say Liv nice. Tyler and yeah. Alicia Silverstone from Crazy, oh, yeah, the Aerosmith video when they both had like the yes. long rocker hair. Oh my mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. talk about inappropriate familial <laughs> connections <laughs> yes. in that. But they 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 were so hot, <laughs> and it's somehow way. fine. I was like, here's my daughter; she's the hot yeah. girl yeah. video. Yeah. Okay. But I was like kind of a negligent dad, so we don't have the same relationship that we right. Which in a way makes it weirder because it's like you don't know this girl that you birthed and now she's being sexy. Yeah, it's, but like it's, it's also just like fine. Yeah. Like I can't I it's can't also, explain but it is fine. <laughs> I would say like the one hair thing that I remember being like that's so real. That's the realest thing is in Clueless when Murray is shaving mm-hmm. his head in the bathroom and Dion is like screaming and she's like I'm going to call your mom but it's like too late he's already started shaving yeah. it. That feels like every high school party yeah. that I went to is like somebody was doing some crazy shaving thing to themselves. Well, you know what? As far as my so-called life, mm-hmm. to circle back to my mom being prescriptive about my hair, that the, there's Angela Chase dyes her hair red from blonde yeah. to red in the first episode. And a big part of it, she's not really consulted her mom about that choice. Yes. And I remember watching that with my mom and like that being like... We were like invested with a story because it was like, wow, you don't do that. I so something's big. I I experimented wow. with so many shades of Angela Chase red in my ten years, <laughs> and part of the reason I think my mom got on board with it so quickly is because I actually started going gray as a teenager, um, which never really bothered me. And if you see me, I have lots of gray hair now because I'm embracing it. Uh, but as a teenager, I didn't really care. But it was a great way to be like, oh, mom, I, I feel weird about my gray. Can I cover it up? And so I think she was just like, yeah, sure. And so I was every shade of like red or maroon. Every Angela Chase adjacent color was on my head at some point. And I that's so it. interesting. Yeah. And then remember, Sharon hates it. I love that scene with Sharon where Sharon's like, your hair, <laughs> it looks horrible. And that would have been me. What's so interesting is that originally they were she was supposed to go blonde. The writers wanted her to go blonde, but the hairstylist was like, 
you're going to really regret this choice for her. It's going to look gross and it'd be hard. And so they asked the stylist, they're like, well, what would you do? And the stylist was like, red. And well, the stylist impacted And I actually really like so Claire Dane's blonde hair, too. I, I do so much. But the red was like so, like that Kool-Aid mm-hmm. red. Oh, yeah. Just like it, it, she defined a generation of cool And hairs. I just love that that stylist was the one that got to make the choice. How mm-hmm. <laughs> So cool. I have. I'll try to find it when I go home. But like my mom took me to this salon when I was like 11 mm-hmm. where, and this is so 90s, they could like project different haircuts on your head so that it's like you could look like, what would you look like? And um, they did like a punk rock red hair mm-hmm. look on me. And I remember this stylist who I thought was like the coolest person was like, Girl, when you're 18, you better have this look. You can't do it right now. You're too little, but like you gotta have this. And I have that picture somewhere. Oh God, I love it. And it's I don't that was like so fun because that yeah. was like what the internet we did not have the internet. We had that photo booth. <laughs> but I remember that technology. I thought I made yeah. that up till just now. I'm feeling very vindicated, very validated. No, Thank I you for remember sharing. distinctly um Cosmopolitan magazine came out with this CD ROM where oh. you could like scan a photo of yourself and then change your hair color and stuff like that. And I played, I lost hours of my life on that CD-ROM, like playing with stuff. Um, but it's part of why, because I played on that so much, I got obsessed with dyeing my hair and like the coolest haircut I've ever had um, in my entire life. My mom let me go to the Velvet Monkey Salon, which was like where I got my haircut. This was the first time. And then I always went back as a teenager. The Velvet Monkey was this like hair salon slash art gallery slash vintage clothing store in Oklahoma City. Oh, my God. It was so cool. And my mom let me get my hair. Um, It was expensive. So like for like a, it was like my birthday present, I think like we did it like and we did it like in between my birthday and like Christmas vacation starting. Um, because we were coming to New York to visit my our family because I grew up in Oklahoma. We were coming to New York. So my mom was like, well, we'll wait until after your birthday, a little closer to Christmas and you can go to New York with your hair. And I got my hair dyed jet black with bright cherry red, like thick streaks. It was the most early aughts haircut. I was never I love it. I was never more proud of myself. I felt so cool. No. And then I got to New York. Like I, my hair was like had only had it for maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Come to New York, took a shower in my grandmother's apartment and water if you don't know water is not the same in every state and my hair got a really crazy reaction and I came out of the shower and my beautiful jet black and cherry red hair was brown and light blonde I (gasps) oh no that it stripped my dye (laughs) and I've never been and that was my Carrie Russell moment yes my goodness that's devastating the same water that gives us our bagels and pizza did that yeah I just had like a weird (laughs) I had like a weird hair reaction because I guess your hair just gets used to like what it's used to. And I don't know. It was just one of those weird things. But I came out of the shower and my mom was like, what did you do? And I was like, she was like, what did you use? I was like, just my normal stuff. And then I looked in the mirror and sobbed because my red was blonde. (laughs) It was crazy. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Wow. We've covered so much territory. Hair is an important topic. Hair is so much about who we are. And like you were saying, Amanda, it's a visual storytelling of, yep. uh, it says a lot. Uh, it's important to not just popular culture, but like culture and identity. So it's, it's endless. Um, mm-hmm. <sighs> Amanda. Uh, there's uh, some people might start. A whole I was going to say, that's why <laughs> Amanda has this amazing <laughs> podcast. And can you tell our stand stands where they can find your podcast? 
Oh, gosh, absolutely. We're on Spotify and Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're not on Apple Music, so sorry. Uh, at Growing Out the Pod, you can follow us on, there on Twitter and Instagram as well. I do it with my friend Kara, who I've known since I was in college. And we came together because we both had to pluck our black chin hairs. And so like, we talk about stuff like that on the pod a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh and gosh. if the stands want to just follow you, Amanda, where can they find you? Oh my gosh. Well, I live in Manhattan. So if you see me, follow me there. Uh, but also I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Amanda Hunt and Kiss. And I would love, you know, I'd, I'd love to meet some stands. Yeah. Absolutely well, follow her. And make sure you're also following us. You know, yeah. at We Stand Social, we're on the Instagram, we're on the TikTok, we're everywhere. Yeah. Send us a little DM, send us a little like. Let us know what topics you want to hear about. Let us know if there's a guest you hope to have on the show. Absolutely. And please write us a five-star review so you can be famous like not John was at the top of this episode. And if you know how to get in touch with Luann, the Countess, let her know we compared her to Demi Moore today. I think she needs that win. I think so. Yeah. Drop her a line. <laughs> All right, Stan Stans. We'll catch you next week. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Together.